Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lenz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and the podcast when you follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Walk in Truth Show. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, called To God Be the Glory. You know what's amazing? Sometimes I'll talk to people and I'll have the privilege to lead them to the Lord. And I realize how many other people actually planted seeds before that moment happened. And sometimes I'm just on the front end of that where I got a chance to plant a seed. And sometimes I even have a chance to plant a seed without going through all the specifics of the gospel. Sometimes I'm just kind. Sometimes, you know, you may not realize, but there's people in the city who know who you are and they know that you're a pastor, and they may not go to church, but they know who you are. They've kind of, they, they, you've been identified. Some of you may not realize this. <laughs> so you're somewhere. One time I was in a yogurt store. I know this is shocking to you guys. I had a fake mas- mustache on and dark glasses. I was trying to hide, and, and, I, and I heard, Pastor Michael? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it's me. It's true, you do like frozen yogurt, don't you? Yes. (laughs) Here's the point. Your life can speak of the gospel. And so after we had already suffered and been mistreated in Philippi, what I just told you about, as you know, we had the boldness, idea of confidence in our God. See, boldness doesn't naturally come from me, right? It's much easier. My flesh would say, Michael, don't, don't stir the waters. Michael, practice non-rockabotus in the Latin. Whatever you do, no rock a boat. Right? Because it's easier not to rock the boat, right? But in my God, I can be as bold as a lion. In my God, I can be strong and courageous. If you, for those of you who know me and you've, uh, we've had a relationship over the years, you know that I am not a man who, you know, I don't go to a restaurant and say, you know, to the waitress, repent and receive the Lord. Can I have a salad and a cheeseburger? You know. But look, there's times when, have you, have you experienced this? There's times when you're in a situation where maybe normally you would respond one way. And have you ever just experienced the supernatural boldness of God? Even in the midst of much opposition, and that's what Paul had here. This was not an easy place to minister. They had just been beaten. If you're still hurting from the last city, and now there's an uproar in the current city, look, you're kind of saying, Lord, maybe I need to change jobs. (laughs) Something like that. But do you know that we've had the privilege in the United States to not have to preach the gospel amidst much opposition? You know that? How many of us can say, boy, I've really exploited that? Well, you know, part of the problem is that many Americans don't want to hear it. Let's face it. But do you think that maybe more Americans want to hear it now? Do you think that people, just generally, I'm talking about in culture now, are a little bit more open? I think they are. 
And I think it is an important time for Christians to seize the day. And I'm, what I'm saying to you is just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You're not going to witness to every person in a store or where you're somewhere. But just be sensitive because God may prompt you to say that person needs to hear right now they're ready. Just be ready. Let your Christian life become a little bit more exciting. Amen? Just be ready. Just say, Lord, I'm here. You got me at this company. You got me here in this neighborhood. You got me wherever you have me. New uh, English Bible says, we took courage and declared the gospel of God to you frankly and fearlessly. Let me ask you, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? Do you know the Bible says that the fear of man is a snare? Can you let the fear of the Lord drown out your other fears? I think you can. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Of wisdom and knowledge. So if the fear of the Lord drowns out your other fears, then you'll be good. Verse 3. For our exhortation, this is our urgent uh, cry, our appeal, does not come from error. We did not preach a fraudulent message. We did not stray from orthodoxy, you could say, or impurity or by way of deceit. Our exhortation, our preaching does not come from error. Brethren, you have the truth. Do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life? Do you believe that? You have the truth. Jesus said the truth would set people free. Paul says, the reason we came into Thessalonica is and risked it after being beaten in Philippi is because we know we have the truth and it's our job to give the truth to people who are dying without it. Amen? If you had the cure to cancer and you held it back, that would be a travesty. But even a cure to cancer is still a temporal fix. Amen? I mean, cancer has been a blight in our society. Many of us in the room have been touched by it and lost loved ones to it. And it would be wonderful to see a cure to cancer. But even if we got a cure, people are still going to die. But the gospel is the ultimate cure. That's why Paul says we came into the city and risked it. It wasn't from error. It wasn't from impurity. Just as we've been, been approved by God for to be entrusted with the gospel. So we speak, the idea is we speak habitually, not as pleasing men, but God who examines or tests our hearts. We've been approved by God and entrusted with the gospel. I wonder when uh, we look back on this time, and it's going to happen, There's should the Lord tarry, should he not come in our immediate future, people are going to look back on this time. They're going to look back on what happened to the church in the U.S. They're going to look back on the mandates that came down. And there's going to be questions that are asked. And we are a generation right now. Look, I'm beyond midlife right now. So I'm thinking about, okay, am I going to, what am I going to stand for in my generation? What am I going to leave to my kids and my grandchildren that I haven't met yet? And I pray that I will meet them. Are you with me? See, we've been approved by God 
and entrusted with a treasure. And Paul said to Timothy, guard the treasure. But let's face it, folks, as the Lord walks amidst the church in Revelation 2 and 3, if he does that now, and I believe he does, I believe he walks amidst the church today to examine us, to see what we're doing and why we're doing it, what our motives are, let me ask you, how much of the professing church today would you say has compromised the gospel? And for what? Well, because some people don't like to hear it, right? Because the gospel is really good news, but first there's some bad news. Here's the bad news. You a sinner. <laughs> right? I don't know why that devastates people so much. I think we all know it, don't we? And so the gospel says, yeah, you're in trouble, but there's a God who came to save you. So we have to operate End of four, not as pleasing men, but God. And here's why, because God tests NIV or examines our hearts. Do you know that God is in the heart examining business? Do you know I can take you to many Old Testament passages that say that the Lord searches the heart of men and women. He searches us to see what our motives are. Boy, that's unnerving, isn't it? And that'll make you look at why you do what you do and who you're trying to impress when you do it. You know, there's that old joke of people try to keep up with the Joneses and they try to get this or that. Do you know that the Joneses don't even think about you? But we're trying to impress them anyway, whoever the Joneses are. If you're a Jones, I'm not trying to offend you right now, but anyway. God is in the heart-examining business. How many of you have prayed that dangerous prayer from Psalm 139? Oh, Lord, search my heart. If there's any, loose paraphrase, junk in there, get it out. Woo-wee! Now you get a little serious about your walk. Search me, oh, Lord. Psalm 7, verse 9 says, Oh, let the evil of the wicked come to an end, but establish the righteous. For the righteous, God tries the hearts and minds. Proverbs 17.3 says, The refining pot is for silver, the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the hearts. If you're familiar with 1 Corinthians, and uh, this would be chap especially chapters 3 and 4, essentially what Paul says is, on that day, the Lord's going to examine my work. It's going to go through the fire. And in 1 Corinthians 3, the idea is that what we've done is going to be put into the fire of testing. Okay, this is not judgment about sin. This is about how you lived your Christian life. And your work will go into a fire of testing. Some of it will be wood, hay, and stubble. And what will happen to that? It'll burn up. But whatever is precious stones, whatever is solid, whatever can go through the fire of testing and prove to be genuine and precious, that will be your reward. And some people will be saved as through fire. The, the idea there is they're going to have really nothing to show for their life here. No reward, if you will. I don't know how all that works, but I'm just telling you what the Bible says. But if, you, if your work 
if it passes the fire of judgment and remains, you'll receive a reward. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Please take the time to visit our website, walkintruth.com, to learn more about the program. And if you've been listening for some time and appreciate what the program has to offer, would you please consider giving a small donation? Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry, and we're able to broadcast on this station and do the podcast because of that support. That's also how we're able to do our 633 apologetic events for free. If you're a new listener, please don't give. We're just blessed that you're listening. But if you've been listening for a while, can you give $5 today? We believe that the Lord is faithful, and your $5 donation will go a long way to help us keep this ministry going. You can give your $5 donation when you visit walkintruth.com and click on Donate. That's walkintruth.com and click on Donate. Life on the go can make it difficult to catch up on your study in the Bible. If you think about it, Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance is here for you, kind of like a daily supplement to help your spiritual growth. You can listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want because it's on podcast too. Subscribe to Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. For example, if you have an iPhone, we're on your iPodcast app already on your phone. Walk in Truth is also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. So listen on your hike, during your drive, or while you're getting work done at a coffee shop. Basically, listen whenever you want. Subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. You know, there's that old joke of people try to keep up with the Joneses and they try to get this or that. Do you know that the Joneses don't even think about you? But we're trying to impress them anyway, whoever the Joneses are. If you're a Jones, I'm not trying to offend you right now, but anyway. God is in the heart-examining business. How many of you have prayed that dangerous prayer from Psalm 139? Oh Lord, search my heart. If there's any, loose paraphrase, junk in there, get it out. Woo-wee! Now you get a little serious about your walk. Search me, O Lord. Psalm 7, verse 9 says, Oh, let the evil of the wicked come to an end, but establish the righteous. For the righteous, God tries the hearts and minds. Proverbs 17, 3 says, The refining pot is for silver, the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the hearts. If you're familiar with 1 Corinthians, and uh, this would be especially chapters 3 and 4, essentially what Paul says is, on that day, the Lord's going to examine my work. It's going to go through the fire. And in 1 Corinthians 3, the idea is that what we've done is going to be put into the fire of testing. Okay, this is not judgment about sin. This is about how you lived your Christian life. And your work will go into a fire of testing. Some of it will be wood, hay, and stubble. And what will happen to that? It'll burn up. But whatever is precious stones, whatever is solid, whatever can go through the fire of testing and prove to be genuine and precious, that will be your reward. And some people will be saved as through fire, The the idea there is they're going to have really nothing to show for their life here. No reward, if you will. I don't know how all that works, but I'm just telling you what the Bible says. 
But if you, if your work, if it passes the fire of judgment and remains, you'll receive a reward. See, you're a steward of what God gives you. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4, 4, I am conscious of nothing against myself, yet I am not by this acquitted. But the one who examines me is the Lord. 1 Corinthians 4, 4. There's a day of examination coming. We're going to stand before our God and he's going to test our work. And the essence of the passages I just shared with you have to do with the quality of the work, not necessarily the quantity. Okay? The quality. And I believe that just right now on a Sunday morning here in Southern California, I'm not sure that most Christians even think about that day. Some of you have heard the idea of the Bema Seat of Christ. That's what we're talking about here. And the Bema Seat was an elevated platform. It was used by a judge back in that day, but it was also used by a judge of an athletic contest. And Paul, in the language in 1 Thessalonians 2, is using the idea of athletic contest. And here's the idea. The, the judge at the Bema Seat, he, he examines the, the way that the contest went to give a reward out. This is not to judge, but you either win a medal or you don't. Everybody with me? This is not about being banished from the Olympic Games. The image is you either get a reward or you don't. You get a medal or you don't. You, you guys watch the Olympics? Okay, so you have a race. All these people train, 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 train. Whatever your favorite sport is, swimming, gymnastics. You know, there's so many different sports. They train, train, train. Just to make the team is amazing, right? So let's say that you're running in a race. Let's say it's a foot race. And let's just say you're representing your country and there's 10 runners in the race. And let's just say that, bam, the gun goes off and, you know, you get, you get into, you, you keep moving along and you end up in the finals. Let's just say that there's eight runners in the final and you finish in seventh place. You ran the race, but you don't get no medal. <laughs> there's no medal for seventh. Some people in our culture say, I beg to differ. There are, there are now. <laughs> uh, that's a commentary on our culture, but I'm not going to go there. Second plank in this sermon, the visit, now the behavior of the missionaries. Look at verse 5. We never came with the flattering speech, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed, God is witness. Now, there were a lot of uh, in the ancient world, there were a lot of people who went around, they were philosophers and stuff, and they charged for their teaching. And they tried to get converts to follow them, but they would charge money. And sometimes, this is how uh, dark some of these movements were, they would try to get women to come into the movement because they wanted to manipulate the women. And I'll leave it there, but I think you know what I'm saying. We've seen that in some modern cult leaders where they get people into the cult, and then they end up abusing people, even other people's spouses. I'll leave it there. But that's what was happening in the ancient world. So people were, you know, a little bit leery of a traveling, you know, philosopher or whatever. And you could be lumped into that as a pastor or a preacher. And Paul says, we never came with flattering speech. Uh, this is what they would do. They would tell people what they want to hear. Oh, you're so wonderful and smart. You just got to join our group. You'd be such a nice addition to our group. In fact, I, I could see that you'd probably be a leader. 
How can you tell you've met me for five seconds? Because I just, I know people. I, I can see it. Have you ever been somewhere and you kind of got the idea that someone was trying to recruit you? Ever been there before? They're being friendly to you. Hey, oh, what a nice person. And then it comes. Oh, by the way, I've got this organization. And if you would be part of our pyramid structure, then you would be, and it, oh, so were you friendly to me for me or for something else? And this is what would happen. There would be a pretext. Somebody said, flattery is like bubble gum. Chew on it a while, but don't swallow it. You'll get that in a second. See, if someone is always flattering and always telling you, we, look, we love to hear what we want to hear. <laughs> oh, this is wonderful. They, I, I go in there and they tell me I'm good enough and I'm smart enough and there's a champion in me and I, I can do it. And well, I leave, wow! And then I trip in the parking lot. Alistair Begg had a rant one time. He said, you know, sometimes in some of these modern extreme positive thought movements, here's what happens. Uh, someone finally gets up the courage to walk into a Christian church on a Sunday morning. And maybe they've been agonizing over it for a long time. And they finally drummed up the courage to walk in and they slip into the back row in a church. And then a guy gets up there and it's a rah-rah session and he's telling everybody how great they are and how good they are and how smart they are and they're conquerors and champions. And he said, and the one thing that person in the back row knows is that he desperately knows how broken and in trouble he is. And he knows that not one thing that was said from that front is true. He came into the church in desperate brokenness to find out if there's a remedy for his sin and his struggles and his fallenness. And he was told, you're okay, I'm okay, we're all okay, kumbaya, have a great day. That's not what we need. And it's not the truth. The truth is that humanity is in desperate need of a Savior. And his name is Jesus. Amen? And, and Paul says, I call God as my witness. La Fontaine said, learn that every flatterer lives at the flattered listener's cost. Close quote. God is our witness. You've been listening to To God Be the Glory Part 2 on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1-12. through 12. And remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. So maybe you could do us a favor and follow us on Instagram or Twitter. We'd love to connect with you, and we'd also like to give you a shout-out in future programs. So follow us and DM us at Walk in Truth Show. That's at Walk in Truth Show. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, the glory of God is something that we need to really get into our vocabulary, into our heart vocabulary. See, when you're doing things for the glory of God, you are saying, this is the most weighty stuff, decision-making of all. To God be the glory. And when you can say that, it helps you not only make decisions for yourself, but share truth with others and have them consider the glory of God, the honor of God. See, in a secular world, brothers and sisters, it's hard for people to think about God's glory. It's hard to think about sacrifice. But when you're thinking biblically, 
You're thinking the glory and honor of God. And here's the beauty of it. When you seek to glorify God, he blesses you and it comes back to you. That's not the reason you do it, but you do it because it honors him. But inevitably it comes back to you. That's the blessing of living for the glory of God. Well, maybe right now you're going through a tough time. This has certainly been a difficult season for many, many people. Life is hard enough at times. And then the COVID season has been tough and other tensions that we can talk about. And you may be in need right now of prayer or maybe just a listening ear or maybe some wisdom from a pastor. Well, Tuesday through Friday here at Walk in Truth, the church behind Walk in Truth is Living Truth in Corona. We have a hotline you can call. During normal business hours, Tuesday through Friday, you can reach out to a pastor at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. We get people who ask us questions on the website. Sometimes they just need prayer. But maybe you would like a live person to talk to, and we would certainly be happy to minister to you. Reach out to us today at 844-48-TRUTH. So glad you're listening. This is Pastor Michael. We'll see you right here tomorrow. God bless you. And one more thing before we go, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your $5 donation helps us broadcast on radio, provide the podcast, and do free apologetic events. It's all part of our mission to equip you with the truth in the Bible and to help you apply it to today's issues, trends, and culture. So please give your donation at walkintruth.com. And thank you. And join us tomorrow for part three and the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, called To God Be the Glory. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.